بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعلى الثلاثة الذين خلفوا حتى إذا ضاقت عليهم الأرض بما رحبت وضاقت عليهم أنفسهم وظنوا ألا ملجأ من الله إلا إليه ثم تاب عليهم ليتوبوا and likewise for the three who lagged behind, until when the earth, vast as it is, closed in on them, and their own inner selves closed in on them, and they thought that there was no refuge from Allah except in Him. He then granted them repentance so that they may repent. Indeed, Allah is the grantor and acceptor of repentance the bestower of mercy. How do you know if your repentance has been accepted? Ultimately, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But the Qur'an hints at some of the signs on how the process works. One example is that of the three companions of the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in Surah Tawbah, who absconded from the Battle of Tabuk, Hilal ibn Umayyah, Murara ibn Rabi'ah, and Ka'b ibn Malik. For context, the Roman Empire had assembled an army of 200,000 men to march on Medina to eliminate the Muslims whom they viewed as a threat. In response, the Prophet ﷺ gathered an army greater than ever before, reported to be up to 30,000 men. Yet their numbers, weaponry and experience still paled in comparison to their enemy. The Prophet ﷺ left the believers amongst the companions no excuse. Everyone was expected to go with them, as every man was needed. But, in the words of Kaab, the prospect of battle against such a large army, in severe heat, with a long journey ahead in the desert, led some to find excuses not to go. Moreover, the season which the battle fell in was, in the words of Kaab, when the fruits had ripened and the shade looked pleasant, making a journey out not just less appealing, but also an economic sacrifice too. To leave the ripened fruit unpicked is to lose a year of produce and potential income. Finally, with the Muslim army larger than ever before, it was possible to sneak away unnoticed from the army, lost in the huge number of soldiers. What makes this story fascinating is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness is explicitly confirmed within the Qur'an providing a verified model for our own repentance. The narrative narrated by Kaab himself offers valuable insights into his mindset throughout the incident and provides specific details from which we can learn. Here are 10 key points from the verses and hadith on the nature of repentance and what we can learn from it. Number 1. The Word Order When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the repentance, Notice the order in which he describes his forgiveness. Then he forgave them so that they might repent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness precedes the act of repentance. Why? A sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you is the fact that you are asking, as his pardon precedes your request. How wonderful it is to know that simply asking for forgiveness is a sign that you've been forgiven. 
Number two, the harms of sin. Sins bring about physical and psychological consequences. For the companions in this story, imagine the guilt they must have felt before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for what they did. Imagine the stigma from people knowing that they were absent in their time of need. Before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares his repentance, he highlights the physical constriction and mental anguish felt as a result of the sin. Specifically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word hadda until, a word used to describe the consequence of one thing from another, but carries an ambiguity on precisely when and how much will come. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits us from sin, to help us avoid their negative consequences and bring us back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in search of a remedy. Even with repentance, work may still be needed to rid ourselves of the harms caused by the sin we did. Number three, introspection. Reflecting on what happened is the first thing that must follow doing something wrong. There is a beautiful nuance in the word used in the verse for thinking. Dhanna. Qurtubi, Tabari and others explain this word to mean certainty. Yet the word itself linguistically means to be between doubt and certainty. A person has dhan on something when they are more than 50% sure, but not 100% certain. In the beautiful eloquence of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to show that the moment you begin to turn your way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will turn to you in forgiveness, even if you are still in the process of doing so. This is further shown by the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's repentance precedes their own, showing that between our introspection and repentance comes Allah's forgiveness. Number four, own up to it. Repentance begins with acknowledging the mistake you did. Gab narrates that over 80 men remained behind without accompanying the Prophet but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only acknowledges three in the Qur'an. If they refuse to even acknowledge their mistake, why should Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledge them in the verse? Number five, procrastination. When reading the account of Ka'ab in the hadith, you can see his heart was always in the right place, even if his actions were not. He wanted to get himself ready to go on the expedition but repeatedly found himself being lazy. When they left, he intended to follow them. He felt uncomfortable surrounded by the other absconders, and he consistently told himself he would go and join them. When they returned, he immediately acknowledged his mistake. It was his procrastination, not his intention, that was his downfall. When we sin, we shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking we are doing something okay nor change the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to suit us. Reconcile the guilt you feel by turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with humility, recognizing your mistakes and calling on Him to help. This is the end of part one on this reflection. Tune in next week to hear the other five points on how your repentance is accepted.